Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, by examining the Word of God and especially the example of the Book of Acts Church to see how the early church served the Lord. By delving deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us directly at the port, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, there are ways to do so. Go to the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Remember, we can always be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Welcome. Welcome. Good to have you here on the porch. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., live. Here we are. This is where we always are. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube. The Firefall Network is active. Videos are being posted. I'll mention that uh, a little more detail in a second. But if you're here, you're here for the Red Letter Basics. You're here for an uncompromised, non-watered-down word. If you stumbled upon us and you want your ears tickled, listen, but you might realize you're in the wrong place for that. But if you want the meat of the word, if you want to be ready for what's happening out there and what will happen, if you want to be a part of the remnant, then you're in the right place. Just posted up on the Spreaker platform, um, the Podbean, Streak, Spreaker, all the places. There's an audio part of the. <clears throat> excuse me, having an allergic reaction to something. Oh, I know what. I forgot the first show far. I am so sorry. Technical problems. We're gonna have to fire the engineer, Richard. You're fired. Um, anyway, YouTube has a new video up there. It's testimony time on Porchlight. Larry Barrett, fellow member of SRT, uh, former retired Navy SEAL. If you want to listen just to the audio podcast that's up on all the various platforms, if you want to watch the video of him and I talking and him sharing his testimony, go to the Firefall Network on YouTube, and you can see that. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests. This is how we do it. Tonight, there are a lot of praise reports and prayer requests. If you don't want to be a part of that, if the community aspect of what we do doesn't interest you, go right to the shofar before the Bible study and right into the Bible study. But as I started getting all of these praise reports and prayer requests tonight, I realized it's going to take a little longer than normal. And I said, but that's what this is about. This is about being part of something bigger, a part of a community that's spread all over the United States and all over the world. Some of you have no other place that you're plugged into, and you come here for the Word, and you come here for this, and I will always do that. So I praise him for that. I praise him for him reaching out there and bringing others into our community. Praise him for the home that I'm doing this from, the, the room I've turned into a studio for my wife or my sons, my daughter-in-laws, my grandson, um, all of our furry kids, one of which has turned 12 years old, which when you have Rottweilers, that's a rare occasion. Um, oh, just realized that uh, six, five, six years ago, six years ago, we lost one of our furry kids. I'm all over the place right now, but you know what? That's what this is about. This isn't formal. This is just us together. So I praise him. I praise him for everything he's done for me, for my salvation, for saving me, for giving me back the family I threw away, for bringing me into ministry to work for him in the family business. 
to help set the captives free. Live out Luke 4.18. Protecting us through Psalm 91 covering. Praise Him for the dreams and the visions. Apparently, I'm not the only one having them. I've been hearing more and more people. (coughs) Excuse me, still having that allergic reaction. More and more people having dreams and visions. Praising Him for His healing virtues. If you need them, praise Him for them. Speak to things not as they are, but as they should be in accordance with His Word and His will. So I praise Him for those healing virtues that are even healing us right now. For divine health and healing. For favor. His favor. Not the world's favor. Not man's favor. But divine abiding favor. For the continuing revelation of the Holy Spirit. And for making us new creations. And putting us in a place in history that we can live during prophetic times. So now we pray. Of course, we always pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. No, there's a lot of people out there that don't like that. They don't like the focus on Israel. That's too bad. Israel is the apple of his eye. We are grafted into that vine. The church did not replace Israel. So I pray for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray for them. I pray for their leadership. I pray for their protection. I pray for them to discover Yeshua as their Hamashiach, as their Messiah. I pray for our nation, for our leaders. I pray for him to expose everything that needs to be exposed and fix everything that needs to be fixed in his own way. Praying for grace and mercy upon us. Prayers for all the people around the world, not just us, that are being victimized by their leaders, men and women who have forgotten why they were voted into those positions. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted, the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, and those that are victims of injustice. Pray against the slaughter of the innocent, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. For missing and exploited children, victims of sex trafficking. This week, the Atlantic magazine said that the uh, epidemic of child trafficking is a myth. It's not true. Well, the reason they said that is because a friend of the owner is on trial right now in New York for that very thing. It's true. It's real. It's a scourge, and we need to pray against it. We need to pray for the victims of that for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, their homes destroyed, their places of worship destroyed. Join with me and stand against the spirit of the Antichrist. Push him back. Push his servants back. Stand strong, stand tall, dig those heels in. Pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. We can't do what we've been called to do, being sick and broken and limited. Even though the disciples did it, Paul did it. But we're praying for health and healing to walk, to run, to fly, to rise up, to do everything that we need to do in his name. For that remnant alarm clock to go off and to wake up those that are not awake yet. If you've been called, wake up. Praying for the open doors for all the projects, all the plans, all the provision needed to do kingdom business, and for our lost family members to come into the kingdom. Tonight we pray for the tornado victims across five states, 88 fatalities, 74 in Kentucky alone, from a two-month-old baby to senior citizens, and approximately 100 still missing and unaccounted for. So please don't forget that. Don't forget that more is coming. There's 100-mile-an-hour winds right now as we speak in the Midwest. Something's going on. It's not climate change. It's time change, end times change. We're seeing things happening, and we need to wake up. Continue to pray for my friend Jane in Los Angeles, healing renewal of her body after the heart surgery. It's been a month now, and I believe by faith that God is 
making a miracle happen in her for her testimony to be shared. I'm asking you to pray for a friend of mine, Lewis, in California. I've known him for 47 years since freshman in college. About a year ago, he had a horrible accident. Was on a beach in Hawaii, and one of the waves, as he was just standing there, took him and flung him into a metal reclining beach chair. The base of his skull. Coated once on the beach and another time in the ambulance. He's had to relearn to walk and use his muscles. He's on his way. He's doing it. He's doing the recovery. But I'm asking for concentrated prayers for a miracle in his name so that he could know the truth about Yeshua. He knows of him. He knows what I do. He believes in what I do. But he's never had an encounter with the living God. New member of our community, Allie in Idaho. Sent a prayer request for a woman in Seattle who attempted suicide a couple of days ago. She's in an ICU fighting for her life. She has addictions, mental health issues, uh, prayers for a family who cannot get in to see her due to the COVID protocols. Allie also has a son who needs prayers. He's headed to prison for a very long time. You don't need to know why. I won't share his name for privacy reasons, but if you mention Allie and you tell the Lord about her son, he'll know who you're talking about. Uh, She's asking for prayers of protection over him, that while he's there, the Lord would renew his mind, and that he would come to know the Lord and be saved. Woody in Central Florida, just before we went on the air, sent out that he has a, his youngest taking his youngest to the doctor, some kind of virus or bug has gotten into the family. There's one going around right now, so prayers for a speedy recovery. Dawn and Mark in South Carolina is from Dawn. She's having surgery January 11th to fix a hernia and an adhesion adhesion removal and uh, possibly another section of her bowels. She's asking for prayer for her surgeon. Uh, name is Dr. Jeff Libby. She He worked on her in 2014, and as a part of that testimony, he didn't know anything about her belief system, but... His hands were moved to a different area than he was going to cut twice. Had he cut where he wanted to, he would have sliced through her bowels. So the Lord moved him once. We're praying that the Lord will do do it again. So keep that in prayer. Kate in Wisconsin, not new. Welcome back to the community. She was been she was with us a while ago and took a break. Welcome back. Glad to have you back, Kate says, I praise him for his abundant provision, the health of my son and her for food and a secure place to live. Praises him for her job, which has not required any medical procedures, if you understand what she means. She prays it remains that way. She's asking for prayer for guidance with some family issues. Prayers for her family while they deal with them and prayer support for some personal struggles that have Rearisen in her life. Stacy in Texas um, asking for prayers for her and her family. They really need them and she needs a miracle, so please pray. Kim in Fort Mitchell, we always close out with you, Kim. She's doing good, grateful for her salvation and her recovery. Wow, the spirit just hit me and whew. Uh, her son Maurice did not get the job that he applied for, but her employer gave him a temporary job for the time that he's home, so that's a praise report. The Lord will find him a better one, Kim. Um, apparently, a little girl went missing in her area on Saturday night. They found her dead on Sunday night, five years old. She'd been abused. The suspect's in custody. Um, not much to say because as a gag order, she said, but the suspect that was charged, the charge has been involved in five other child abuse cases in their past that would drop for lack of evidence. There is no justice in, in this world. We have a legal system. We don't have a justice system. Justice comes when the king of kings comes back. She said, Lord, Father, I know um, you know this type of stuff affects me. How could it not? I know that the little girl is with you now and no longer suffers. 
said, I'm sick of this evil world and tired of this evil. But we're going to talk about that because it's our job to do something about that. Please protect my children day and night from the evil out there. Guide them, Lord. Save my mother and husband's soul. Protect the porch families. Provide for us, Father. Teach me compassion and patience. I don't seem to have much of that now. Uh, my friend Stacy and her children need you. They need healing, protection, guidance, and your divine peace in your Jesus' name. Lord, you know all these things. You said it would happen. You told us how bad it would get. But you gave us a way to deal with it, and you told us to do so. So I pray right now for all these things that have been been brought before you. Forgive me. don't want to get so passionate I can't speak clearly. Lord, as Kim said, I tell you the same thing. I'm tired of this world. I long for you to come back and make it right. But until you do... Help us to do the job. So we pray for all these people that have asked for prayer. We pray for those right now that are listening, that are offering up their own prayers to you. You hear them. We're asking you to manifest whatever they've asked into this reality, into their life, to bolster their faith and to show others that you are a God that still hears and still heals. Father, we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Everything that is in with us, within us, we love you. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the empty tomb and the upper room. We thank you for what you've done for us and what you're going to do. But we have so much we want to do for you, starting with loving you and caring about you so that we can care about others. Our love and compassion for others comes from the manifestation of our love for you and your compassion towards us. So, Lord, touch this time, touch the technology, bless this word. Help us, Lord, to hear what you want us to hear and do what you want us to do. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So tonight's going to piggyback off of last week. It's funny, as I had something else I was going to teach, and it had been running through my spirit, and I've saved it for another day. But then I started to think and pray, started to get the prayer request, and I realized we need to kind of follow up what we talked about last week. So let's read again Second Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days will come, will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. If we were together, I'd say, can I get an amen on that? For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, 
loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. They will be treacherous betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. For although they hold to a form of piety, true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it, of it, and their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Remember, he's writing to the church here. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. This isn't a word to the world. This is a word to the church. Everything I just read to you was going on in that day, and Paul was prophesying about this day. They will deny the power thereof, a false piety. They'll be religious, but they'll be fake. No love, no compassion, no self-control, greedy, selfish, self-centered. What they'll have is a form of religion, a formality, a ritual without relationship with the Lord. Because I will tell you right now, you cannot have an intimate relationship with the Lord and do the things Paul says to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 3. You can't. What is religion? The definition of religion is a particular variety of belief, especially when organized into a system of doctrine and practice, a set of beliefs, values, and practices based on the teachings of a spiritual leader, an organized system of beliefs, ceremonies, and rules used to worship a god or group of gods. That was never the Lord's intention. If he wanted religion, he would have used the Pharisees. They had plenty of it. What he wanted was reconciliation to the Father through relationship with him. That was his intention. Remember I mentioned to you last week that millions of people are turning away from, quote, Christian churches. I can do the finger thing on camera. Christian churches. And they're going into false religions because the modern church offers them nothing, doesn't offer them what they're looking for. They fall for false religions that are showing more power and they're getting more results from. False results, by the way. Whether physically, spiritually, uh, materially, they're not getting them from what we call church today. So they're looking for it elsewhere. They're sheep without a shepherd that are looking for better grass to eat, looking for a shepherd that will care for them. And what they do is they wander into pens that are traps. We as the church, not a building of people, repeat after me, we are the church. It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's a living organism of which we are a part. If you've been listening to me all these years and you still say you go to church, you're not paying attention. You go to a building to worship and fellowship with the church. We must want to help those people. We, we must want to get them free of the bonds of false religion and back into the truth of the gospel and the Great Commission. People are hungry. They're hungry for a pure word. They're hungry for the supernatural power, not just to heal them when they need it, but to see others healed, to see the enemy dealt with accordingly. And sadly... They're looking for it everywhere, but from those who offer the real deal. YouTube prophets, people that are on social media. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I am sick and tired 
of these people that elevate themselves up as if they have a message. And then I ask the Lord, is that you? He goes, no. They serve you? No, they serve themselves. People want answers. They want answers to prayers. Sometimes they even want material help. They want freedom from sin and the values of their life. And if they can't get it from his church, they'll accept it from any source they can. They're so desperate for the real that when they can't find it, they accept the counterfeit. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Hasatan, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Messiah, who is the exact likeness of God. What's the message? The message is Messiah. The message is Yeshua. It's not your pastor. It's not your denomination. It's not the building you go into. There's one message. Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. See, Satan, he knows he can can deceive humanity with his counterfeit powers and his serpent's tongue. And he's winning millions to his kingdom. Just go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on TikTok. Watch the videos. You see his kingdom at work. They get millions of followers. They they get paid for the things they post. What a trap. We need to awaken to our responsibility and get back to the church the Lord intended that we've been talking about here on the porch for 11 years. I believe it can be done. I believe that we're the ones to do it. And I believe that we must do it. Forbes Magazine, December 14th, 2021. This is the headline, Christians Decreasing as More U.S. Adults Not Affiliated with Any Religion Study Shows. From the article itself, the amount of people in the U.S. who identify as Christians has decreased in the last 10 years, as the amount of people who are unaffiliated with any religion has increased by nearly the same amount, according to data released Tuesday by the Pew Research Center. According to the study, 75% of Americans identified as Christians in 2011. In 2021, that number shrunk to 63%. A 12% decrease. Ten years ago, roughly 18% of Americans were not affiliated with any religion, identifying as agnostic, atheist, or nothing in particular. That number grew to 29% in 2021, an increase of 11%. The rest of it doesn't matter. The numbers are there. If you want to read the article, go to Forbes magazine. I believe some of this is about people leaving dead places of worship, sheep wandering off looking for food, and a real shepherd. But I believe many people are just turning their back on it because they've seen no evidence of it. I also believe a lot of people sitting in pews that do walk away were never born again. They didn't build on a rock. They didn't build a sure foundation. They built upon sand or loose dirt, and the roots never went deep. So for them to walk away is not a surprise. But what is a surprise is how many people just don't care. See, it was never supposed to be about religion. It was supposed to be about a relationship with Yeshua. It was about knowing him. Matthew 16, starting verse 13. Yeshua came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Yes, I've read this before. And guess what? I'm reading it again. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Yeshua answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I'm not going to go into the explanation of of why that doesn't make him the Pope or that the church was built on him. You can look that up. You can listen to prior sessions of the porch. But what I do want to talk about is Peter's answer. It was short, it was complete, and it was true and to the point. You are Messiah, the Son of the living God. It was a confession of faith addressed to Messiah, I believe, as an act of devotion. It was a confession of the one true God as the living God in opposition to all the dumb, dead idols that men have erected, some of in our supposed Christian churches. That Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, was sent by God to give us life eternal. We decide where we spend eternity. He does not. He accepts our decision. He looks into the books. He sees what decision we've made, and he renders the verdict based upon our choice. That's it. You will spend eternity where you choose to. And he's given us the choice of spending it with him by accepting the payment of the Lord's blood to cover all the debts we had. That's it. That's what the message is. That's what this is all about. You'll spend eternity somewhere. You get to choose where you're going to spend it. That belief in who he was was revealed to Peter by the Father from above, given his inspiration and revelation. didn't come from a religious system. didn't come from philosophers. It didn't come from uh, uh, politics or, or religious leaders. No, that came directly to Peter from heaven itself. That's how we get to the saving grace of God. It's a divine revelation. Oh, yes, people can witness to us. People can share their testimony like Larry did, and if you, you must listen to it. It's a tremendous testimony. But what gets through to you isn't the words of a person. It's the Spirit taking the love of the Father and showing you, hey, there's a hole in your heart and I'd like to fill it with my Son. Philippians 1.29 For you have been granted the privilege for Messiah's sake not only to believe in, adhere to, rely on, and trust in Him, but also to suffer in His behalf. Oops, what'd you say, Richard? Suffer? No, no, oh, no, that's not what I'm here for. Nope. Sorry. You want the easy way out? This isn't it. This isn't it. You will suffer for him. Some of us already are. But you will suffer for him. He did. Why wouldn't you? The disciples did. Why wouldn't you? Many men and women over over hundreds of years have. Why wouldn't you? Oh, but I don't want that. 
I want the lights and the smoke and the mirrors, and I want to sit in the air-conditioned room, and I want the cushy pews. I don't want discomfort. Well, it's great. You can find what you want out there, but it won't be real, and it won't be from him, because this is a fallen world, and we have a job to do. So I don't understand that mindset. I don't understand not caring about somebody enough to be willing to get dirty for them. Peter said, you are the Messiah. In the Greek, that's where we get the word Christ. It comes from Christos. In the Hebrews, Mashiach. I personally prefer Messiah. But if you call him anything other than Messiah... You're selling him short. Now, yes, I know some people say Christ, but they use it as a title or a last name. For me, Messiah is more personal. It's a declaration every time I say it. Just like when I call him Lord or Adonai, I'm not giving. I'm not talking about a title. I'm talking about an intimate declaration of who he is to me. Because I know him. But he's always been Messiah. He's always been Savior. He's always been the anointed one sent to do what we couldn't do. That's what Genesis 3.15 was about. When God told the serpent, I will put enmity, which is hatred, between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. A woman can't have seed, so this is a miraculous declaration. He shall bruise your head, and and you shall bruise his heel. So he was Messiah from the beginning. The plan always was for Yeshua to punish Hasatan for what he did there in the garden. And I'm sure for the rebellion in heaven. But don't be fooled. So many religions speak about Messiah. They do. They do so in error. Judaism, Christianity, Islam, they all talk about Messiah. The Buddhists speak of the rock that is Messiah who skips across the surface creating ripples in the water. What, what, what that is, I don't know and I'm not going to go into it. But what they do is they deny the need for a Messiah. We make our own path to enlightenment. That's the source of secular humanism. We'll get to that, but they acknowledge it, but they deny it. Hinduism is the same, as are with most other religions. And constantly shifting tide of sensory-based conclusion, humanistic beliefs that serve humanity as another form of religion with its own preachers and leaps of faith that don't line up with the word, have no source in reality, that fool people into thinking they've done something when all they've done is fool themselves. They've bought some fool's gold and deposited it in their safe. They bought the snake oil of a salesman thinking it's going to heal them. And then you have the current thing called singularity, the merging of man with machine to make the perfect creation thereby saving himself. Right now we're living in an ever-expanding mindset of liberalism and individualism. Drops of consciousness that supposedly form a collective, a collective denial because each drop denies Messiah. It denies the need for Messiah. You can be your own God. You can be your own Messiah in your own way. You can find your own way out. You can figure out the secret to humanity. You can you can find the path on your own. And it's all a lie. See, instinctively in our hearts, as I did on October 9th, 1988, we realize we need a Savior. We need a Messiah. We need someone to 
rescue us from the mess we've created. Prisons are filled with people that need Messiah. Many do. Many find them. But they need somebody to help rescue them from their mess. Hospitals are filled with them. Psych wards are filled with them. Churches are filled with them. Businesses are filled with them. Sporting arenas are filled with them. Gyms are filled with them. People that are looking to make themselves look better or or look different or paint tattoos on their body because they think it looks better. They're looking to hook up to feel better and they don't ever feel better. And the enemy does all of this to divert us away from the truth. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He is the truth. John 14, 6, Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one. Pretty clear about who he is. He's never pulled any punches. I am. The minute he said, I am, the Jews knew what he meant. You didn't use that phrase. I am, he said, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Moses said to the voice coming from the burning bush, Who shall I say sent me? Tell them, I am that I am. So what this is about, the title of this Bible study, because I give titles, I have to, so that you know what we're talking about. It's usually always a play on words, but it's called Know Him or Say No to Him. Know Him. Do you know Him? If you say yes, then we're going to look and see, is there anything in your life that is evidence of that. Now, I'm not saying that to condemn you. This isn't about condemnation. Could be about correction. Could be about edification. Could be about inspiration. But we're in a place where the games must stop. We must stop playing church and become the church. We need to be the church. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men. Him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, when is that going to happen? What's he talking about? In the final judgment, when you stand before the Lord and the books are opened, if you have confessed him and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, the time comes for judgment. He will confess to the Father This one is mine. Their debts have been paid. But if you have denied him, if you have not confessed him before men, he'll have to deny you before the Father. It's pretty basic. Where does this one want to spend eternity, son? He's spending it with us. I had his name right here. Or... Not with us. His name's not in the book. There's no reservation for him. That word confess means to assent. means you have a covenant with them. You acknowledge who they are. Oppositely, to deny is to contradict, to disavow, to reject, to refuse. Amazing as it is, people refuse him all the time. And his call to relationship with them. They don't want to know him. But thankfully, I said it will be difficult. There will be a battle. But he promises to preserve and secure his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not against the truth. Not against what we do. But that says there will be a fight. That the enemy will try to ruin it, overthrow it. The gates of hell should read the gates of Hades, the city and the underworld. That's who the Lord was speaking to, to people that understood that. They were Jews. They understood Sheol. They understood the place of the dead, the righteous dead, and then those that are awaiting judgment. 
we have simplified it with one word, hell, that tries to cover everything and has created more problems than it has helped. But basically, the gates of hell, the, the gates of Hades, is the abode of Hasatan and the fallen and the departed souls that have denied him. Now, Satan is not in hell. Please, please, please don't ever repeat that. He's out and about. He's doing his thing. The only angels that are in prison are the Genesis 6 watchers who left their first estate and mated with the daughters of Adam and created the Nephilim. All the rest are out and about. But that word prevail in the Greek means to overpower or to surpass. We were told that they could not overpower us. We were told that they could not surpass us. And here we are in December of 2021. And I don't see a whole lot of evidence of that. We were supposed to be victorious. We were supposed to be the conquering army. We were supposed to be the ones subjecting the enemy and keeping them in subjection until the king returned. The power of the enemy has grown. The influence of the enemy has grown. But I believe, by faith, especially for me and SRT and those that are called to do what I do and do it with us. Whew, spirit just hit me. 2022. Time of standing by and standing down will be over. The next campaign for the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness will begin. But don't don't be fooled. There is another kingdom out there that's doing the same preparation. They think they're going to win. I know they're not. But I also know that they're going to inflict damage. They're going to do things that I don't like. Because they're cunning. They are strong. Don't be fooled. People say, oh, Satan has no power. I just shake my head when I hear that. He had so much power that even Michael didn't rebuke him when they battled over the body of Moses. Now, I do believe that the cross changed the shift in supernatural power, spiritual power, and that's what's been delegated to us as the servants of the king. But don't be fooled. They have power. Look all around you. Look at the world. Look at what's going on in the world. Look at the destruction, the death and the chaos, the sin and the degradation. That's power. But we have power. The power to save, the power to love, the power to heal. That's what I've been talking about. Talked about it last week. Talking about it again tonight. Because if you want things to be different in your life, then you must know him. And I don't mean religiously. I don't mean intellectually. I mean you must know him in your heart. You must love him in such a way that there's nothing that can take you away from him. So many strongholds, wrapping up people, stealing their minds. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, starting with verse 4, The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not carnal. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Messiah, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when our obedience as a church is complete. He is Messiah. 
He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Son of the living God, and he is alive. C.S. Lewis, you know who he is, professor at Cambridge University, once an agnostic, became a believer. He wrote, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Lewis said that's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. He went on to add to that and says, You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him, kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He did not intend to. You must know him. Now, I know that I'm speaking to believers, people that say they're born again, that they've made him Lord of their life. Maybe somebody stumbled onto one of these podcasts that's not, and that would be great if you've listened this far, then the Lord is drawing you. But some of you are not living lives that would indicate to somebody else that you know him. And it's not easy. This world is set up to make you fail. It's not about religion. Not about great preaching either. And I sat under a great preacher. I sat under some great teaching. But you know what? The day I got saved, I don't remember what Shelley taught on. I don't. I don't remember anything he said except for the altar call and the sudden realization that I needed a Savior. Because the Lord was drawing me through the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, Ask myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery and secret of God concerning what he has done through Messiah for the salvation of men in lofty words of eloquence, or human philosophy and wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus, the Messiah, and him crucified. And I was passed into a state of weakness and fear and dread and great trembling trembling after I had come among you. And my language and my message was not set forth in persuasive, enticing words of wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, proof by the Spirit and power of God, operating on me, stirring in the minds of the hearers the most holy emotions, and thus persuading them. So that, this is the conclusion, listen to this, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, human philosophy, but in the power of God. And don't get him wrong. Paul was a highly trained student in Judaism, in the Old Testament, studied under Gamaliel, considered to be the Pharisee of all Pharisees. He was steeped in the Jewish law, in Greek logic and rhetoric, could speak in Roman, new Roman law. But when he preached the gospel... He had one message, and the message was Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, and him crucified. The message was just like Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We have too many slick-speaking teachers and preachers. 
that regale people up on big stages under lights in front of huge screens. You know what we need? We need to get back to basics. We need people that speak under the power of the Holy Spirit, not rhetoric. Satan has blinded the minds of the people to the gospel, and we've been given the light to set them free because we know him. So here we are, December 15th, 2021. We're almost out of 2021. And I know some of you will make a New Year's resolution based upon the Gregorian calendar. And you'll want 2021 in the past, and 2022 will be in the in front of you. So over these next two weeks, begin to focus. Begin to hone in. Begin to fine-tune. Begin to get your eyes off of everything that distracts you from Him. And I don't care what it is. Your job, your marriage, your friends, your interests, whatever it is. Your life is the way it is. Because you've chosen it to be that way. We can blame the enemy. Yeah, they have a hand in it. But we've made choices. I've made choices. You've made choices. And I don't want to make them anymore. I want to know one thing and one thing only. Yeshua and him crucified for me. I want to know him as the Son of God the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to know him as the one sitting at the right hand of the Father. I want to know him as the one that allows me to sit with him in the heavenly places, that speaks to me in the dark, that comforts me with the tears when I'm in my tears. Yeah, I get them, folks. I weep for the lost. I weep for the dying. I weep for animals. Because it's his creation. And we were given a job. Lord, please speak to your children. Speak to them right now, Lord. In their hearts, their minds, their souls, and their spirit. Speak to them. Maybe even the audible voice of God in the room that they're sitting. That they would hear you. That they would know you, not religion, not all the things that even I allowed to trip me up until you you opened up my eyes and set me free. That I could run and not grow weary, walk. I could do all the things that I do in your name through you. Your sons and your daughters need you right now. They need a revelation. They're going through some tough times. Marriages are falling apart. Children are going to prison. All across those states, lives were lost. Babies, one minute in the arms of a mother hiding, and the next minute ripped away. People that did everything right, but it didn't matter because... The destruction of this tornado was so great that one minute they were here, the next minute they were worth you. Lord, touch us right now. Give us what we need to do what you've called us to do in our bodies, in our spirits, the provisions, everything necessary to do kingdom business, and I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.